deliver me. We had our student retreat yesterday, and we had one of our NAU graduates come back and speak to the men, and another one spoke to the women. But the, the, men, the man who came, he's a husband and a father, and so the students were asking him questions about vocation, and one of the questions that discussions that came up was about chastity. And his response was, chastity, you know, loving rightly with our sexuality. He said chastity he finds harder within marriage than before marriage. Which I think was fascinating for the students. I was curious about it because I think most young people think, oh, you know, these struggles I have with my sexuality, like once I get married, it'll be fine. That, that the problems will just go away. But that's not how it works. That instead, the time before marriage is kind of the training ground. It's the time to develop the virtue of chastity. Virtue is the firm, habitual disposition to do the good. It's, it becomes habit. You know it's, it's virtue when it's easy. But, but for a lot of us, you know, whether it's with our sexuality or other things, that, that it's not always easy, and, and that's okay, but it's in the struggle of working on those things that we get stronger and, and it gets easier. And what Jesus shows us today in our readings is that this struggle, in this struggle, we are not alone. That Jesus chooses to go today into the desert, led by the Spirit, where he's tempted. And so Jesus chooses to go there, to the place of temptation, so that when you and I are tempted, we are never alone. That Jesus chooses to be with us and shows us how to respond. I want to look briefly at the three different temptations. It, it kind of illuminates a little bit of where we can be weak and how the devil works. You know how the devil works, right? The devil's smarter than we realize. He's cunning. And wherever, um, St. Ignatius uses this image, wherever the, the castle is weakest, that's where he will attack. And so that's why self-knowledge is so helpful when we know ourselves, that we know where we need to be vigilant, where I need to be extra cautious, for some people, it is their sexuality. For some people, it's drinking. For some people, it's gossip. For some people, it's cheating. I don't know. What, you, know like, you name it. And so knowing that about ourselves, you know, like, Father, I'm always confessing the same thing in confession. I was like, well, I guess the silver lining is you know where the evil one's attacking you. So let's work on that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not beating you up saying that. I'm just saying, let's together, let's work on that. Because as that gets stronger, well, then he's going to get discouraged and go pick on somebody else, you know? So, these temptations, what do we see? First, the devil appears to the hunger of Jesus. That What he's doing is he's using bodily pleasures. And, and he's hitting him when he's tired, when he's hungry. And, and the truth is that you and I, because we are bodied persons, we are embodied souls, we have bodies, that, that, that my body, I have needs and desires, 
But those desires don't have me. And, and that's where we want to. We want to get to the place where we have a freedom to have and notice and acknowledge our desires, but to not be enslaved to them. And so you can think about any kind of desire, like even food. That, that's why we fast. That's one reason why we fast, right? That, um, that, it, that it reminds me that, that, again, I have desires, but these desires don't have me. And as I practice overcoming this one bodily desire, it actually helps me overcome a lot of other bodily desires. That when I can control what comes in my mouth, I'm better at controlling what comes out of my mouth. When I can control one aspect of my body, then I can control another aspect a little better, say my sexuality. And even, I, I, I guess I'm saying that word a lot here today, but you know, the truth is that, that even our sexuality, um, that sometimes in our weakness we express things as needs. You know, like, I need food. No, I need to express my, my, my sexual needs. And it's like, look, honey, like, like, our sexual needs are, there's no such thing. <laughs> They're a desire. No one ever died from lack of sex. But even food, as much as I think I need food, as much as I think I need oxygen, there will come a day when I don't need either one of those, but I still need God. That God is the one we need. And that in temptation, when I feel afflicted, when I feel overwhelmed, he's the one I need. He's the one to turn to. And so what does Jesus do? He calls on scripture. And he says that we don't just live on bodily things, but we live in and, and dependent on God. The second temptation has to do with power. That, um, that the devil says, all these kingdoms will be yours. You can be in charge of all these things. And so it, it's, kinda, it's also having to do with control. We don't have an issue with control, do we? We, we all want to be in control. How frustrating it is when my roommate's not doing what I want them to be doing. When my teacher is not give, you know, responding in the way I want them to respond. But are, are we ever really in control? I mean, I mean there's things that, that, you know, rightfully, we, we do the best we can to control. But there's so much that we can't. And so, is, is it about having things my way? Or is it about using what I have to do things God's way, to, to help others? Our, the, the three practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving help with this, by the way. So with this, with power, almsgiving helps. Because almsgiving is me taking money, which is symbolic of power, because I can do what I want when I have money, and I take that money and I give it away. I let go of the power, the little power I have, I give it to somebody else. You have the power. It's, it's a very, it's a humble, uh, beautiful thing to do. The, the first one I mentioned, I mentioned fasting. That's why we fast, to overcome bodily things. But with power, it's, it's about almsgiving. And so what does Jesus do? He, he quotes scripture again. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. The third temptation is pride. 
that the devil calls on, you know, that God, if you throw yourself down, God will do what you want because you know best. And Jesus says, no, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. It isn't not true that, here's how, we, here's how you can think about it. Wouldn't the world just be a better place if everybody was just like me? Don't we think about that sometimes? If, you know, the people on the other news channel, you know, the, the one that, that tells lies and doesn't know what's going on in the world, like if people, if they just stopped watching that news station and watched this one, if people just thought like I did, the world would be a better place. Maybe we don't feel that way completely, but you see how subtle that is? That if God, you know, why is God doing it this way? Why doesn't he just answer me? The temptation is pride. Pride is, you know, I'm the center, that it's all about me and what I want and what I think. But pride is the root of all sin. The opposite of that is, is humility. To say, Lord, I don't know. I, I'm a sinner. Like Jesus highlights the Pharisee and the publican who says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Like, I'm weak. I don't know what's best. I think I know, but I really don't. That God, you decide. Not my will, your will be done. Even Jesus shows us this in the garden. Father, take this cup away. But not what I will, what you will. And what helps with that is, is simply prayer. That prayer is, is humbly acknowledging that you're God and I'm not. That you have a plan and I'm just trying to stay close to it, you know? Versus me telling you what the plan should be. So in these temptations, it's interesting. There's just a couple of details that are interesting to me. Twice in the temptations, as the devil comes at Jesus, he attacks Jesus' identity. He says, if you are the Son of God, that he's attacking Jesus. If, if the Father really loves you, he'll do this. That It's another form of temptation that that when you and I are tempted, when things don't go the way we want to, the temptation is to feel like maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe he's not going to take care of me. That maybe I have to do it myself. You know, I know I'm not supposed to, but you know what? I mean, I think that's where cheating comes from a lot of times, is I feel like I'm not enough. And if I don't do well on this, then what's going to happen next? Or, or why we lie. You know, like, I can't show them the real me because it just doesn't measure up. But it's precisely our identity as beloved sons and daughters that reminds us that we have a Father who holds nothing back from us, who sends us his own Son, Jesus. That when Jesus is, is tempted, he leans into the identity. He leans into his Father. And it's interesting because... Right before this, we're in Luke chapter 4. Yes, we are. We're in Luke chapter 4. And right before this, in Luke chapter 3, is the baptism of Jesus. And that's when the Father said, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. And almost immediately, he's attacked. He's tempted. And so you and I, we have an invitation. In the face of temptation, we can always give in. 
But the invitation is actually to lean into the Lord, to to turn to our Father who we know loves us, to, to turn to Jesus who's with us, that Jesus chooses to go to the, the desert to be tempted so that we would never be alone in our temptation. But that's how it feels, right? St. Augustine says, we progress by means of trial. No one knows himself except through trial or receives a crown except after victory or strives except against an enemy or temptations. That in fact, we... End quote. We need temptations to know how strong we are. And when we fall, sometimes we can really beat ourselves up like, oh my gosh, I totally fell. I was like, well, but honestly, now we know how strong we are or not so strong. But there's a new invitation of what we're going to do. And I think it's to turn back to God. God, I thought I was strong. But apparently, here's how, strong, here's how weak I am right now. And God says, I know. <laughs> and now you know. And, and by engaging in that battle, by continuing to not give up, but to persevere, that's what makes us stronger. That you and I need the desert. We actually need temptation. I mean, well, God doesn't cause temptation. God allows for it. But through it... He uses it to make us stronger. It becomes an invitation to lean into our identity as beloved sons and daughters of a Father who loves us and holds nothing back from us. The God who gives us his grace of salvation. The God who desires to deliver us. And all we have to do is call. But last thought. What does Jesus do to fight temptation? Not only does he lean into the Father, but he quotes Scripture. You could say, we are as strong as our knowledge of Scripture. And some people will say, well, uh, I'm, Father, I'm Catholic. I'm not good at memorizing Scripture. And I was like, you have the same brain as a non-Catholic, all right? <laughs> you could say, we are as strong as our knowledge of Scripture. Because that's the truth that's with us, and I can recall it. I can recall the truth when the temptations come at midnight and at 2 a.m., or I wake up in the morning, or I get my grade back on my test, or the boss gives me feedback, that I can recall the truth of who I am and what Jesus says about me, about how good I am, that I'm worth suffering for and with, that he loves me and he comes to deliver me.